0: Hello everyone, it's Frank McGuire, Taco Brad, and Brad B. And this is another episode of Meanwhile, back on the podcast. Coming up on today's show, it's the final episode of Into the Night. Meanwhile, back on the podcast, Moon Knight After Show. In this episode, we'll be covering episode four, five, and six of Disney Plus and Marvel Studios' Moon Knight. So be sure to stay right there. I'm coming back with Taco and Brad, and we're gonna break it all down. Hit the Music
1: gathered together from across the many corners of super fandom here in their poorly ventilated podcast studio are the most free-thinking and entertaining collection of know-it-all nerd podcasters ever assembled their mission to push the dividing darkness that threatens the magical land of super fandom back onto its heels one episode at a time together They fight for truth, objectivity, and nuance in the conversation and debate over fictional made-up
0: shit. So like we said at the top of the show, we are wrapping up Moon Knight, episode four, five, and six. Just to give you a little bit of the -the behind-the-scenes dirt, we recorded episode four. We were going to continue recording each episode as it goes but we had problems with episode four technically so we decided we were just going to wrap up Moon Knight with one final episode for four five and six it felt kind of right too with the actual narrative direction the way that they plotted out these last three episodes so I felt a little bit more comfortable doing it this way and to be honest with you we've been discussing this internally and I think what's going to happen with any Disney show that's six episodes or less I think we're just going to do it in a two episode kind of thing first half second half like we did with, I think, with WandaVision and Hawkeye. The six episodes just doesn't give you enough to, to dive deep on. And you know what, like, like if you've been listening to Meanwhile for a long time, you know we like those deep dives. You know we like to get into character study. You know we like to go beyond the surface of what these writers are trying to convey on the screen. So it's just, I don't know, there's just not enough to sink our teeth in when it's six episodes. You know, they seem to follow this very simple format. A protagonist, an antagonist, and a foil. And that's really the only stories that you follow. So we just thought it might be a better idea to kind of do it a little bit differently. So with that said, we are going to wrap up episode four, five, and six in this episode. So let's dive into it. So I think the first thing I want to talk to you guys about, first thing I want to ask you is how did you feel about Moon Knight at the end? Like, like what, like, how did you feel about Moon Knight at the end of the series? Were you guys fans? Tell me what you liked about it and tell me what you didn't like about it taco go
2: i think one word can explain how i feel about the ending as okay. conflicted not as conflicted no conflict just conflicted like okay i'm very i'm very conflicted because for me this show had the potential to be better than daredevil right okay Ooh. because of the 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 way they had the story for the character sure like i think um for uh, for me my favorite episode was episode five yep me too but we wouldn't get to episode five if it wasn't for episode two three and four or like one, two, three, and 4. Yep. But it's it's almost as if I didn't... Like, I would rather not watch 2, 3, and 4. I'd rather watch, like, something as long as... Like, 6 episodes is not enough. And by the time it was to the last episode, it felt like there was so much going on. And, like, I blinked. And, like, the fight was almost over. There's country fighting Amit and, like, the big screen. Like, there's a lot of things going on. Like, I feel like Marvel eyes were were bur- or, or like marvel's stomach was hungrier than their mouth could fit you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah That's i get that I feel.
0: yeah i get that they
2: definitely crammed a lot in there i did enjoy it though okay so you were a fan of it how about this oscar isaac ethan hawk yeah and the voice for conchu yep. in my opinion yep. carry this okay whole series okay but we will get into that more i'm curious to see what you guys think sure
0: sure brad general thoughts after these uh, after the finale what were your thoughts on Moon Knight? I just thought it was
1: okay. I wasn't a massive fan. Again, I didn't know much about Moon Knight before. It was kind of interesting, the the character, the personalities and stuff like that. A lot of th- stuff was kind of confusing in, in, in the story, like with the third personality and him not knowing about it. Like You would think that he should know who the hell <laughs> what was it Jake Lockley is. Jake Lockley, yep and stuff like that. It, it was okay. Like you said, the, the six episodes felt like they tried to cram a lot of stuff, and they skimmed over a lot of different things in order to to, to get the, the story in there. And um, kind of like Taco said, that because they, they try to shove all this stuff in, it, it just seemed like there was a lot going on at, at the end. At the end, they, they, like a lot of the stuff that you probably wanted to see, like, like when, you know, Moon Knight's kicking ass and stuff like that, they, they cut it. You don't see anything. It was okay for me. I, I wasn't, the biggest fan of it but I, I i am intrigued to see kind of where it goes
0: cool cool so i enjoyed it i enjoyed it because it was a complex character study episode five is definitely the highlight for me uh, same as taco i share that sentiment that episode five was certainly the highlight i enjoyed the action sequences i thought they were well done i'm a little bit underwhelmed though with what moon knight was built up to be before it got released as far as being this this journey or this this uh, divergent move from Marvel into a more mature adult Marvel. I didn't really kind of get that feeling. I got that in a few senses, like got to see Mark bleeding. The bullets did penetrate him. He was bleeding. We haven't really seen that in Disney Plus Marvel before. So is a little bit more mature, but it's just not mature enough for me yet. I still think that this is the best live action costume we've ever had across the cinema and or across the uh, cinematic universe and the Disney Plus universe. I think that this is the coolest live action costume we have ever gotten. I think that they took a lot of creative liberties with this character too. He wasn't essentially what he has been in the source material, which is the street level character where he's like a brawler, he's trained, he's, he's skilled in martial arts, and he's got all these weapons and these gadgets. A lot of people have compared him to Batman, and I didn't really get that feeling with him. I got the feeling that he's this supernatural kind of hero that's that's imbued with some sort of sense of mysticism or godly power, kind of in the lines of Thor or Doctor Strange, but we never got to see Moon Knight do any like feats of super strength or anything like that, it was well, no, actually, that's true. We no, 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 we did, we did. So, I don't know, I was shocked at what they did with the series. I was not expecting them to go in that direction, I was expecting it to be a street level story, but it was interesting what they did with it. The cinematography was beautiful, the CGI was great. I really liked all the CGI, the giant Amit Kaiju Amit, and the Kaiju Konshu. That was all very fun, and I think it was done well. I think it was all designed very well. I thought the production design on this, sh- this particular show was fantastic. Everywhere from the mental hospital to the caves inside the Great Pyramid, all the little bits of Egypt, I thought that was all fantastic. The performances themselves, I thought Ethan Hawke was great. I think Oscar Isaacs has uh, really showed himself to be an extremely talented actor by the way that he bounced between these two roles and was able to perfectly balance them. And he's a real master of his craft and I think he demonstrated it in this show. I'm excited to see more from him, for sure. I'm excited to see more... Of what comes from this series but again my complaint remains is that six episodes just isn't enough and i'm getting tired of the follow the protagonist the antagonist and the foil kind of thing they kind of have a very limited scope of story when it comes to these disney plus series i hope that they intend to go further with it i hope that they intend to kind of widen things out widen the lens a little bit out you know as they move into the future like if they're still going to go with the six episode format with everything I'm going to get bored of this very quick. But overall, I enjoyed the series. I think it has a lot of merit and it was a lot of fun.
2: It was a lot of fun. Well, uh, one thing I want to add to the whole six episode formula. I am getting kind of annoyed with the Disney Plus formula in general. I don't know if you guys will agree to this, but one, like watching these, like I think Moon Knight, if this was released or in a format where we could binge it all six episodes at once, it would come off more refreshing. But knowing that you have to wait week after week, like after <laughs> by episode four or five, I kind of forgot Moon Knight was coming out. Like there's more episodes coming right. out. Like I kind of already like lost the the thrill. Like, you know, there wasn't really anything really keeping me wanting to come back every week. And I feel like that's the it same. No, it was no Loki. Yeah. It was, yeah Loki <laughs> was the best one. Loki and WandaVision were, were are for me the standards of, of a weekly streaming service show yeah right as as like fucking and went soldier i would rather have that been binged at once and same thing too when it comes to daredevil and, and another thing i want to add is do you think that when it's six episodes you're only limited to one aspect of the show right like this Moon Knight and the like, wandavision where we're more of, of character driven stories as opposed to, like, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, where, like, it was more of, like, a political drama. Like, you can't really... like Something like Daredevil is able to, like, tackle all different sorts of facets, or even, like, Jessica Jones or any of the Netflix Marvel shows we could use as reference. I think Frank even said it before. That you just have more room to build up a world for for you to get invested in, you know? And I don't think... A larger get, sandbox. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think we get that here with, with no. Luna, and that's where I feel conflicted, because I enjoyed the performances... But I just feel like it, it had more potential to be just as good as the first or second season as Daredevil. How
1: long was the last season of Daredevil? Was that eight episodes? Ten. Thirteen. I think it was ten. It was ten? Yeah, I don't think it was quite thirteen because I, I, I thought that was like a sweet spot. I, th- I think thirteen was a little too many. And I think either ten or eight, I think that would be a good number of, of episodes to, to f- flesh something out.
0: I think nicely. it was ten. Let me check real quick. Let's see.
2: And I know people are probably listening be like, yo, Taco. You watch One Piece week to week. It's like yeah, but I know I watched a thousand episodes of One Piece, but I don't know. I I it's 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 a little different. Like One Piece kind of has like at, at least at the moment right now, where it's at. It has been coming back week to week because it's it's leaving on the cliffhanger. I think the only cliffhanger we ever got here was probably episode four. Right right which is i think where we're starting off at where it ended off with that might be a saint right and i think ep- like everything for me led up to episode five like episode five was the peak of this moment yep. was where it the show yep. reaches height and where it's that that was the goal was episode five and i feel like that's where i get kind of upset because we could have got much more than episode five
0: yeah yeah no i agree I agree. But no, uh, Daredevil uh, season three was 13 episodes. I just checked it. Yeah. 13, yeah. yeah. 13, yeah. Just checked it. But no, you know, you make a good point. Plus, I think Moon Knight did a lot of echoing from a lot of different, like already established Disney Plus shows. Like the whole memory callback thing, that's from WandaVision. The whole kind of like reliving the moments of your life to torture you, that's low key. So I was kind of like, what's going on here? Like this kind of boring. A lot of the structure from these previous Disney Plus shows, that was my thought. I don't know. That was one of the things that kind of came into my so, mind. Sorry, but
1: is is, is is this supposed to be part of the MCU? Because Did they even reference anything outside of um, Moon Knight? Like
2: any other I mean, characters or anything like that? Not really. I have a yeah. theory. Go ahead. Talk with you. Okay. Sorry, I have a theory and, and it, it may be way out there. and maybe reaching, but I would not be surprised if we see Moon Knight or something that caught you in thor love and thunder but other than that yeah i don't there's no mcu thing connection sorry frank Go ahead. yeah
0: yeah i was thinking too you know i think what's been set up here is the establishment of the diversity of these pantheons of gods right of these different pantheons of gods you know we saw in the thor love and thunder trailer that zeus is there because he's catching a lightning bolt if you can't put two and two together there then uh you know, go back to uh, go back to your <laughs> Greek mythology class, but uh, it was pretty obvious that that was a Zeus thing. And I think with Moon Knight, they're establishing the Egyptian pantheon. And the other thing that was kind of weird is Mark and Stephen are Jewish, yet when it was time to go to the afterlife, they were being guided by Egyptian gods. That kind of taught to- that kind of tossed me a little bit. That kind of tossed me a little bit. You know, I was like, is it based on where you die? Like, do gods have a GPS and when you die in their, you know, when you die in their <laughs> backyard, they come and get you. Like, like, what is it? You know what I mean? So that was kind of that was kind of odd. But I'm not going to get mad at it. You know, it was fun. I thought uh, Taunet, uh she was great. I thought the voice actor, the the voice actor of that was great. I thought the CGI was great. I love the whole ship. I love the whole journey there. I thought that was a lot of fun. I just kind of felt like they were boring a lot of stuff from some of the previous Disney Plus shows. You know, I thought that was kind of. That was kind of something that uh, really, really stuck out to me. And listen, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anybody's good time out there. You know, I, you know, I basically broke down the entire story structure for these Disney Plus shows, which is antagonist prot- or protagonist, antagonist, and a foil, which has been consistent throughout the entire series, except for the Falcon and Winter Soldier, where you had two uh, protagonists, but they had a foil and they had and they had an a- antagonist.
2: What would you say about WandaVision? She was Wanda was protagonist. Wanda was the protagonist. Antagonist.
0: Yep. Yep. But, 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 but also Agatha Harkness was obviously an antagonist and then, and then visions, the foil visions, the foil they're following a a tried and true format in fiction, right? It's a tried and true format. You know, I don't fault them for it, but at the end of the day, they only have six episodes to do it. So you got to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, well, if they had 13 episodes, then we probably could have had some different, different storylines, right? An A story, a B story, a C story, like we had in Daredevil. You follow Karen Page around for a while. You follow Matt Murdock. You follow Foggy. You follow Ben Uric. You follow the Kingpin. You know, you get these different stories. We see these characters come to life. So mm-hmm. I think that's where they're kind of limiting themselves is they're not, is, it like, is, is the six episode format. So they need to figure that out because I think eventually they're going to start to lose a lot of the audience's interest. Well, and I think Star Wars is kind of falling into the same gap as well, but I don't know. Sorry, go ahead, Taco.
2: Well, I was gonna say, I think the the true like showcase for if this formula is gonna work or not is gonna be when they do. I think they just announced not too long ago the the Daredevil on Disney Plus, which after yep. seeing this, if you give me six episodes of Daredevil, I'm I'm not gonna be happy. Like no, me neither. There's 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 a standard because season one and season two for me, and I know you say season three is the best, Frank. But let's not have this hard discussion right now. But season one, season two for me is is like peak. Some, some of the best superhero television you can have. It's right? great. Like, like yep. I, I think I think a lot of the characters were already fleshed out, especially season two. Like you have characters like the Punisher and Electro running around, and yep. and 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 uh, conflicted Daredevil. I don't. Know. I think Daredevil season one, season two are like the standard. Like just like how I use the Dark Knight as a standard for superhero movies, I would use Daredevil as a standard for superhero shows. So Disney Plus has an expectation <laughs> to live up to, and if they even like, okay, spoiler alert. If you watch the Punisher's netflix series it's fucking violent and violent as hell
0: so is daredevil
2: so is iron fist so is Daredevil. Yeah, iron fist yeah but so is yeah. daredevil but don't get me wrong like i think punisher is kind of where where it gets like really really raunchy oh yeah or even how no, about well, this it's season- on <laughs> <laughs> yeah huh?
1: yes yes punisher is, is pretty bad beats people to death of a bat and stuff yeah, I'll, yeah
2: I'll it's on honey. brand right yeah yeah I'll, it's on brand yeah the most violent scene i think came out of a netflix show was probably season two of daredevil that includes right. the Punisher in that prison scene. Right? Yeah. So like that's yeah. and I think only Netflix can kind of get away. So I'm just I'm just curious to see what Disney Plus is gonna do. I agree with you, Frank. They need to reshape their formula because this is not it. worked for WandaVision, it worked for Loki, but for from for something like Moon Knight, like yeah, especially I think Brad was saying like how it connects to the MCU. Like they I don't want it to be so obvious to how it connects it, but I don't know. I think it was for a standalone kind of series. I feel like six episodes was not enough to flesh out this character.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And listen, like, I don't want this entire episode to be pointing out what we didn't like about Moon Knight or comparing it to the other stuff that we love. It's okay to talk about those things, but let's not hyper focus on that Um, because like lots of great things about this series You know, like, how did you guys feel about the production design in this? Because I felt like it was the crown jewel of this show was, was a lot of the production design, a lot of the, the work that, you know, was being done away from the camera really felt like that stuff was really standing out. Like the pyramids, the interiors of the pyramids, the interiors of any of the ancient structures. Obviously the city of Cairo was amazing looking. Called back to like Indiana Jones for me. Did you guys get that feeling too?
1: Absolutely. Like it was... It, it was great. The sets were awesome. Indiana Jones feel was, was there for me as well. What about, but, uh,
0: you, what about you, Taco?
2: For me, I think I enjoyed the settings more once I got to Egypt. Yeah. Once I got to Egypt, that's when I started to, to, to really... I feel like, you know, London, we've seen London in other movies, not, not maybe yep. the MCU, but London, New York, all these other cities. But when you can make a city like Egypt and shine a spotlight on it... and Cairo, like Cairo. The, the, yeah, Cairo. Well, is it Cairo yeah. in Egypt?
0: Yeah well yeah but Egypt's Egypt's a country. Okay e, uh, yeah. Cairo's a city yeah Cairo's a city. Yeah. But
2: especially like the shot with Moon Knight running up and uh Harrell, uh what's it Arthur Harold? Yeah, I think it's his yep. name. Yeah, and him running down and then instead of it being angled, they like I think the cinematography too, like a, a lot of, yeah, like yeah, we I, I do want to point out the things I liked in the cinematography, production, set, and uh the acting. Like the acting, like all those things were on point. Yeah.
0: I got a bone to pick with that shot with Harrow and Moon Knight, though, like, running up the side of the pyramid. Oh, Like, no. when you when you first see Harrow and his crew trying to scale the pyramid, they're doing it, like, one block at a time. And then you see Moon Knight, like, literally sprinting across the side of the pyramid. Uh, yeah, that was, like... I was,
2: but Moon Knight has, like, supernatural powers, <laughs> right? Like, he's in the yeah, super but, suit or whatever.
0: But they were still armor. running, dude. Like, they were still running. It's a, That's just... It's kind of... It's kind of virtually impossible to do that. But anyways, <laughs> listen. Let's try. Let's try and go through this by episode by episode and see what we can come up with. Because I want to talk about some of the takeaways here. So in uh, episode four, the big takeaway for me was the development of the romance between between Stephen Grant and between Layla. I found that really interesting because it spoke to where Mark kind of was, where his weaknesses were as far as a partner goes. For Layla and Steven was kind of there filling all those gaps like he you always know, he was honest he was caring he was thoughtful he was courteous and then you got Steven and he's on the absolute end of the spectrum right so I found that interesting that they that they created this romantic situation between between Stephen Grant and Layla what did you guys think about that I enjoyed
2: it I thought some of the like the the scene where uh, mark i also like the, the little jealousy between mark and Steven because of it like um yeah kind of like punching Steven in the face and stuff like that but that was kind of funny i find it kind of like weird and like okay like i don't know how to feel about it because it's like weird because is it like like oscar Isaac does this such a perfect job of portraying two different characters it almost feels yeah. like she's cheating but is she cheating like like is 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 mark a cuck <laughs> like like what's going on here right well,
1: if she's accepted the fact that he's two separate people then absolutely <laughs> she's she, she <laughs> uh, uh, uh mark right
0: so um, so you're calling cheating are you
1: brad yeah absolutely like like if she knows that that's not uh that's not mark who she's kissing because even even the kiss was awkward like i, I don't even know did she even enjoy that kiss like it didn't yeah look like
0: it. yeah that kiss looked ho- yeah okay <laughs> let's talk about that that kiss looked fucking horrible it looked uncomfortable it looked it looked yeah, it very awesome. cringy, very <laughs> awkward. I don't know if they wanted to play it up that way. I'm sure that was the direction that they gave. Because I think we've seen Mark kiss kiss Layla before and it wasn't like that at all. So, like this is like Steven's brand of kissing, is like looking like it's the first time he's ever kissed anybody. Like that's his brand. <laughs> but yeah, I picked up on that too. I thought that was I thought that was kind of charming. As, you know, I thought it was a charming element to the story. The other, the other big takeaway I got was that Stephen tells Layla about Khonshu wanting to have her as his avatar, and that's why Mark divorced her, right? And then Stephen also says that him and Mark have a deal that once Khonshu was gone, that he was going to be the dominant personality, that, that Mark wasn't going to be able to come back out anymore because Layla wants him in on this mission, right? Layla wants Mark there. Because the shit that they're going to face, where they're going to fight Harrow, she she thinks that Mark is much more equipped to handle this than Steven is. But she comments when Steven makes her aware that they have this deal. She's like, well, you think maybe somebody should have talked to me about that? Like, let me know that I wasn't going to have my husband back anymore? I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was a nice little detail. What would you guys think about that? No,
2: I, I definitely agree. And to even counter Brad's point, I don't think she's technically cheating. Because, like, in a way, Stephen is like, 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 how Frank pointed out, like, Stephen's able to express these like emotions that Mark is also unable to. So, if she can have a relationship with both of them, then therefore she can have a relationship with all of Mark. But if she only has a relationship with half of Mar- Mark, she only has a relationship with half of Mark. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: but, but, but Stephen's like a little bitch in the background <laughs> checking out. And and, and he's seeing all all of Mark's flaws, and then all of a sudden he comes up and he pretends to be, you know, the man that she she wants Mark to be, you know what I'm I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, oh, he's honest, he's this, oh, this, this, and he tells her all this shit, like, he puts her in danger by explaining this stuff to her, you know what I mean? mean, Because, of course, she's going to want
2: to, Mark's
1: only doing that to protect her, you know what I mean yeah Steven's just doing it to get some ass but he's sidled
2: it also seems like it's doing more harm by like keeping it a secret too like a more strain on, on the relationship like do keep right that's his wife right yeah, like, yeah.
1: On, you know, on the relationship for sure but if, if his, his intent is to protect her that that's what he's trying to do his way of protecting her
2: it's not the absolute way because even like, like you know no, spoiler alert not. like we find out at the very end Conchie apparently says that that was his final plan which is like you know I thought it was like just a red herring anyways. But but yeah, no, Frank, you were going to say something?
0: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, what Brad was saying about him being, I'm not going to say a little bitch. I don't want to get in trouble from any women, so I'm not going to say that. Brad Brad can deal with that as much as he wants. He's married, so he can deal with that shit. <laughs> Steven definitely was sidled. He was sidling Mark. He was like looking for the weaknesses in the defense, and he's playing <laughs> on the weaknesses. 100%. I totally totally agree with that because he does have an unfair advantage, right? He does have an unfair advantage because Layla's defenses are down because he looks exactly like him, right? Right. That's true. To a degree, except for like the hairstyle. Like you notice the difference in the hairstyles when they change? That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. But it's also kind of like I don't see anybody with dissociative identity disorder fixing their hair when they change personalities. Maybe though. maybe and, uh, speaking of true. dissociative identity disorder uh, what's her face alice eve playing uh typhoid mary in iron fist holy shit she was she's great awesome. too
2: she's she was awesome.
0: great she's too awesome. i would love to see typhoid mary and moon knight team up in something that would be fucking dope you, you That'd know where be i dope. was
2: disappointed i honestly want to see her in daredevil season three or in punisher yeah. season two like she like she was wasted on iron fist i'm sorry like she's the only thing that made iron fist season two awesome if you ask me and
0: uh no, there's some sorry. cool elements of Iron Fist season two, but we don't, but we don't need to get into that. We'll uh, I think we might do a Netflix rewatch at some point, anyways. No, my favorite um,
2: thing about Nef- uh, about Iron Fist season two, and I know this sounds like a dickhead thing to say, but trust me, there's reasoning. It, it was the ending, the part where what's in a calling wing has Iron Fist yep. powers, and Iron Fist yep. is like in the Himalayas. With these like Iron Fist pistols. It's so stupid. I loved it. That's exactly the vibe they should have went with from the beginning.
0: <laughs> well, they're taking from source material on that. It was the... Um, I can't remember whose run it was. It's a really well-known guy. It's the same guy that did Hawkeye. Anyways, let's move back into Moon Knight. So uh, the other <laughs> thing I want to talk about is that scene with the temple guards. Like this presence of the temple guards in the temple. The first one we meet is like eviscerating a dude basically uh doing an egyptian autopsy on him moving all his organs into canopic jars that was fucked up that was some freaky shit eh what what'd you guys
2: think of that part for me i thought it was it was it was kind of raunchy especially like the sound effects on that like, they didn't have to call that hard in the sound effects like when he's pulling like the like the organs in the jar it made my hair stick up <laughs> It didn't need to call that did hard. it did yeah, it really it, i do just so slimy It sounded all slimy and stuff like I don't know, but yeah, especially too. Like, I think the sound effect is what we're really sold on, because for for me at least, because especially they were making that clicking. Yeah, the clicking they,
0: noise was like, why? Like, why did so, that
2: need to be done? You know. So someone pointed out they don't have eyes, so just like bat, they use the clicking as sonar, like oh. they noises as sonar. So
0: oh, they can see like good that, point. Right? Good point. Yeah. Good point. Creepy okay. as fuck
2: though.
0: That it was creepy as fuck. Brad, what do you think of that? What do you think of that sequence? Uh, it, it was creepy. Like it, it was
1: definitely some weird ass horror elements that kind of came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. It, it was good.
1: It was, it was well done. That that creature was, was, was weird looking. Uh, when it was in the shadows chasing after, um, Layla and stuff like that, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Especially like when that hand came out of the, the rocks or whatever. Oh, and
0: grabbed her and pulled her back. Like total, like <laughs> yeah. Sam Raimi shot, right? <laughs> that was great. a Sam Raimi shot for sure. No, it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was good. it was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no
1: idea where the hell that creature came from or why <laughs> it was there, but you know, it, it was it was entertaining that, that it was there. So,
0: well, you know, I think yeah. they were playing up on the mythology of the dead protecting the dead, right? Like, I think that's that's what they were going for, and that's one thing I definitely want to talk to you guys about is the accuracy and the uh, the respect that. Well, obviously, Mohab Diab, he's a, he's Egyptian himself. He was a big part of this project. But I love the way that they portrayed the Egyptian culture and they called back to a lot of the hallmarks of ancient Egypt, the gods, you know, the, the field of raids. What's the space with the dead called? The duab? The duat? The duat. The duat. The yeah, like, duat. The duat. Like all those things were really fucking cool and I really appreciated their attention to detail. That's what I want to say. Their attention to detail and the accuracy was just so well done, and I thought that this was just a huge service to uh, to Egyptian culture, which was really cool. And I've always been fascinated with Egyptian culture, so uh, it was really it was really neat to see. And I think most of these sets were practical, which is kind of dope too. They really weren't working with a lot of CGI in some of the spaces. You thought they were working with CGI. Obviously, the temple guards, though they were they were CGI. I don't see them being practical. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a fun element. The other, the other big standout in this episode for me was Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, you know, a name that's been bountied about in multiple countries as far as the world history goes—Greek, uh, Malta, Sparta. Oh, well, Sparta and Malta, Sparta is, is ancient, is ancient Greek. But uh, Alexander the Great has quite a reputation as uh, as a world conqueror. And to find out that in the Marvel scope of things, he is the avatar of Ahmet, that was pretty dope. I thought that was a neat choice.
2: What'd you guys think of that? I loved it. So for me, I'm a history nut, mostly because if you ask me history, I'm a, I'm a lore nut, I like stories with deep lore. So if you ask me, history is like the lore of like the world of the human race. So anyways, when fictional stories do stuff like this, I I don't know why. I just kind of go crazy about it because it's (laughs) like, who's to say, why not? Like, yep. Who's to say why not? think like, no one knew. Did you know who built the pyramids? Who says? Who's to say why not? The aliens built it. Anyone right. could have built it. We don't know, right? Like it's like one of those things. It's just like when you you, you could just have so much fun. Then Alexander the Great is it's it's so badass that you're able to conquer the world and people are still gonna make fictional legends about you, right? You know, yeah, modern day pretty legends. Cool. Yeah, pretty. Oh, cool. I love that.
0: Stuff. Pretty cool. I I thought it was a cool tie in for sure. Um, no, like, it,
1: it was it was interesting for sure. I, obviously, I don't think anyone was expecting something like that. It, it was uh, it was cool.
0: Yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting to hear his name in this series. I really wasn't, but I thought it was a cool tie-in. And we know that he visited Egypt and he had his great library. And yeah, it's neat to revisit. That's for sure. Like for um, me,
2: when when Oscar or um, Stephen Grant said, "Are these Macedonian like leathers or Macedonian?" Is that the Macedonian, Macedonian, sorry. Macedonian, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, why would I say Macedonian? But, anyways, yeah, Macedonian. Um, <laughs> like, I was for some reason, I'm like, this doesn't sound right. But when he said Macedonian, like, letters or, or, or scripture, I was like, wait, is this going to be Alexander the Great? And I was like, oh my God, I was right. It's Alexander the Great. Like, that's so that, that's so cool that they did that. I, I love that yeah. shit. Yeah.
0: What'd you guys think of the scene between Layla and Pero, where he's like kind of manipulating her and playing with her mind a little bit about Mark's history and his involvement with her father's death and he's kind of manipulating her a little bit. What'd you guys think of that?
1: It was, uh, it was good. I mean, he's sitting there obviously giving her some breadcrumbs to fuck with her mind and stuff to have her second guess. Like what, what's Mark really up to? Like, was he, did, was he there when, uh, you know, her father died and stuff like that? Like, yeah, is, is, am I like <laughs> this pity? Uh, am I a pity relationship with this guy? Because of, you know, it, it was, it was cool. Uh, I liked him planting those seeds, into her head yeah he's definitely- I, I guess he didn't, he didn't he didn't he didn't tell her what he did he just kind of said that he he knew more than what he let on
0: yeah yeah i think that's what i was saying wasn't i or did i did i yeah. thing? no no yeah, i okay. think you said that but i think i
1: said yeah. that he um did a wall job it talked about the, yeah talked about it. the father dying and stuff like that
0: right 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 yeah and then uh layla confronts him and uh she finds out the truth and uh they have a little spat and then Mark Mark gets shot as uh as Harrow comes into the temple, but not after Mark takes out or was it yeah it was Mark that got shot.
2: But did you guys find it kind of funny that when like shit got real, like they had like this like no, I don't care what's going on, I don't care if you're gonna get a bullet, you need to tell me what happened on that night. <laughs> like they had one of those like <laughs> like, like like husband and wife kind of moment. Like like it doesn't matter <laughs> if you was gonna get shot like five minutes there. She right. needed answers right now. <laughs> she
1: told Stephen to go away.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like I thought that was kind of funny. Like I don't know. It, it, I think it's funny because they're their husband and wife, but that was was kind of like dumb. It's like get, get the fuck out of there, right? Like, what yeah. you guys think about that? When
0: did when did Steven turn back into Mark? I can't remember. As soon as she got I think in when, there, like soon... Yeah,
1: when she came in there, she's like, "Steven, I, I need to talk to Mark." Oh but right. No, right, right, As right. soon
2: as she started asking the real questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. Like I think yeah. she got in there, Steven was all like happy about it, and then she was like, right. "No, no, no. I'm here to talk about real shit. I need to talk to Mark." that's
1: right because right, he had found the the thing in alexander oh right the uh giddy about it yeah
0: you're right the uh ushapti ushapti for amit yeah right yeah and then harrow made himself known a bunch of guys with guns a lot of guns and uh <laughs> mark took out a couple of them uh using uh, some hand-to-hand close combat shit and then uh harrow he, uh, shot him because was just tired of him getting the way. and we see isn't
1: harrow the one that checks people's lives to see if any point they do something evil. Like yep. how is it that he's able to get away with killing
0: someone? I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what you know that what was mean? about. Yeah I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that was about because like, you know, we're going to get an episode, you know, we're going to get in the final episode when Amit finally appears and makes herself known after, after Harrow releases her, like she basically says your scales are not balanced, but I'm going to leave you alive because you're the perfect avatar for me. So like I need you, right. so I'm gonna keep you alive. So, I don't know. I, I I don't think you can explain that away. Like he does, he does shoot somebody, but he did take a lot of people's souls already too. That's that's. So Mark wakes up in a fucking mental hospital. Well, no, sorry, he wakes up. No, the audience wakes up. I'm sorry. With an aspect ratio change to their screen, where we're looking at a young African American kid with a backpack on walking through a jungle, and you're like, what the fuck? What is this? Oh, and man. it turns out that this is Doctor Stephen Grant in a a very B-movie-style Indiana Jones ripoff called uh, Tomb, what is it? Tomb Raider? Not Tomb Raider. Tomb Buster? Tomb Tomb Buster, that's it. (laughs) Tomb Buster. And then it cuts over to a mental hospital and a bingo game, and the bingo caller is the guy from the film. He's the Stephen Grant in the movie. I don't know if you guys picked up on that too. I matched the faces up yeah the the
2: bingo caller is not the no that's the dude from the the dude that that's paid what's his name again the buster or the dude that that he talks to yeah steven grant huh steven grant from the tomb buster show no i'm saying the dude that remember in the first episode or like the second episode he's talking to that dude that's all painted up maybe
0: they're all the same
2: maybe
1: oh you're talking about the mime guy yeah Yeah, the mime guy
0: yeah the busker
2: busker, that's what's called that's the word
0: Okay, because he looks a lot like he looks like an older he looks like an older version of this actor that's playing Stephen Grant.
2: But. No, I think I think it's the busker. I think it's the same actor that plays the busker. They, they could, it's it could the be busker. the same person. It could be okay. all the same person. All right. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, this asylum is like filled with all familiar faces for Mark. Well, familiar faces from the show. Layla's there, the black guy that was protecting the dude with the uh, the horses and all the art and the sarcophagus. Mark seems to be hanging on to a toy Moon Knight. He has like a toy Moon Knight in his hand. You know, Obviously, this was um, we find out later that this is his mind working in a way to kind of make sense of whatever plane of reality that he find kind of finds himself on. It's a comprehensive device. Like uh, they use a different word for it, but what'd you guys think about this? Cause this was like a huge diversion from the show. Like you definitely feel pulled out of it. You know what I mean? Like you don't feel like you're still in the show. You kind of feel like you're almost somewhere else. What'd you guys
2: think of this entire sequence? I loved it. I love my fucks like that, especially. Okay. So something like this, that's like like the strippy wouldn't work on like every other show, but when someone is suffering from, Did or dissociative uh, identity disorder or something like especially like a movie like the joker too where we saw something like this at the end of it right like movies like that or like Shutter island right like something like that where it's very psychological like anything like this it can be pretty cool right and it's definitely a cool cliffhanger because it makes you think if everything you're watching is kind of real right so yeah yeah
0: yeah Yeah, I agree. Do you guys feel like this was the space in between the afterlife and life? That's what I kind of saw it as, is like purgatory. That's kind of the way that I I kind of classified it. Were you guys kind of feeling
2: the same way or what? When I first watched this, I honestly thought it had something to do with the water. Okay. I thought when he got shot and he, he, he dipped into the water like something about that water was like filled with LSD or something. Like, I don't know what it oh, okay. was, but he was on the trip of his life or something. And I had to, I, I thought when I first watched it, it had something to do with the water. I, I, I had no theories for it. I have, even after <laughs> it, it didn't make sense to me. Gotcha. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like,
1: I had no, is this really reality and is he dreaming up everything else? Like, are we, like you said, turning 90 degrees here, uh, going on a completely different tangent with the story? Like, like yeah. all these characters are here. I mean, he's, looks like he's dead in the other world. How how the hell would he come back to life? Like, like it was, I don't know, I I was perplexed and I was intrigued with uh, where it was going. So, yeah,
0: you know, I definitely had a couple of minutes where I was asking myself if this was the unreliable narrator thing that the whole time this thing has been taking place in a mental hospital and it's just in the minds of Mark Spector. And obviously Stephen Grant is his, his his alternate personality. But yeah, you know, I wasn't 100% sure, but then when he finds Steven in a sarcophagus in one of the rooms, that even made it more confusing. But I thought it was cool to have them in the same space at the same time and to give them an opportunity to kind of play off each other. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought that was a lot of fun. And then we meet Tawanette. We meet Tawanette for the first time. So I thought she was kind of cool. I thought she was kind of cool. So episode five uh, jumps off right kind of where episode four left off but there's a quick sequence with a woman saying it's all your fault it's all your fault and i think there's like a inference of somebody drowning or water or something like that do you guys remember like that or no
2: honestly no i don't remember that it must have came by i I didn't i didn't catch it kind of comes off as a blur like i feel like i i do remember i i remember seeing it but I didn't interpret, like, I didn't realize that that's what, the, that's what I was watching kind of thing, right? Like it, Right. Now that you're saying it to me, like, I'm looking back, I'm like, wow, why didn't I notice that?
0: <laughs> I think that's the case. I think that's the case. But, yeah. That's deep cut. So, though. yeah. I like, I like maybe. That. Maybe I just got it by accident. Who knows? Yeah, I think I remember it. There's, like, a, a cave filling with water, and then there's a woman screaming, it's all your fault. Or this was your fault. Or this is all your fault. Or
2: this is, up, yeah, which which is, like, on, like I said, on episode five for me, man. Yeah. Like, mwah. Like, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, Frank, but when it comes no, to okay. the whole uh, mom scene, it made me feel uncomfortable. And for, for To make me feel uncomfortable, you, you need to do a lot, right? And I think when it comes to a trauma uh, that's bad enough for you to end up with dead and to portray that, I think they pushed, like, they did it. Like, like making me feel yeah. un- like, holy shit, like, this this guy was getting abused by his, his mom, right? Like, you know? What would you guys think? Yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah, no,
2: I agree with no, you, man. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. It was intense. It was authentic, and it just felt really lived in. Like the the experience yeah. felt lived in.
2: And it's it's moments like that that made me kind of feel like the the show had like like episode five. God, yeah, like it just had potential. The themes of the show, or like at least the themes of episode five, I feel like if it was more sprinkled out around, right? Because stand alone by itself, episode five is a good episode, right? But, like I said in the top, you you wouldn't get episode five if it wasn't for episode one, two, and three, and four. True. So, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Like, do you think every single episode here was kind of like a standalone episode and didn't really feel all connected at once? Or do you think that, like, what do you guys feel about that? This
1: this episode definitely is kind of where it, it turned, steered clear of what it was doing before and it was all messed up.
0: Yeah, no, it, you know, like I said, I think I think the last three episodes were a huge right turn, but in the right direction. Yeah. They really wanted to go in the character study direction. They really wanted it to be a psychological exploration, and I think and I think they achieved that. They really wanted to get into the um the authenticity of a you know somebody suffering from a dissociative identity disorder, and I think they did it. I don't think that there's a lot of people who suffer from dissociative identity disorder. Like I'm not going to speak for an entire community. But I have a feeling that I think they would feel well represented and they would probably be in support of uh, what Oscar Isaacs and uh, Ethan Hawke were able to put on screen with these uh, sequences, you know? Yeah. What are honestly, you guys' like, thoughts on the... Sorry, go ahead, talking
2: No, I was going to say, honestly, like, shout out Oscar Isaac, man. He did such a good job. You really made me feel like they were actual two separate characters like on screen yep. sometimes, right? Like, <laughs> you'd forget that they're the same character. Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, I
0: felt the same way. But listen, I think... I think they suck. I think they snuck in a third character at the beginning of episode five. I think the person in the chair talking
2: to Harrow right at the beginning is Jake Lockley. I really do. How about this? I'll give you a substitute. I think they snuck Jake Lockley in episode one. Where? Where he first met Arthur Harrow and he blacked out, woke up, and everyone was fucked up. Oh, yeah, of course. That's definitely Jake. I think, yeah, I think that's sure. Jake yeah. Jake Lockley. I don't think he was... Because the end credit scene, Jake Lockley was speaking Spanish. Um, I'm not too sure... So it seems like Oscar Isaac is probably doing a British action to separate Steve Brandt, an American one for Mark, and a, a Spanish one for for Jake Lockley.
0: Yeah, but this scene, the opening scene with Mark talking to Harrow, he doesn't sound like Mark. He sounds like somebody completely
2: different. Because he's speaking Spanish. Did he speak English to Mark? Uh, to- no, he's talk- no, he's talking about
1: what episode was that? Five? Five.
2: Yeah, five. yeah, yeah. Beginning of episode yeah, five. that's what he's
1: talking about. He's not speaking Spanish, but he's... he's- Saying he sounds different, I'd have to watch it again. I didn't pick that up.
0: Yeah,
2: no, I think it was I think it was Jake. But anyways, oh, how about this? Someone pointed out in episode three, I think it was when he's in Cairo and he's wearing a hat, and Leila yep. shows up in Cairo for the first time, and he yep. has a New York or Brooklyn accent for like a quick scene, and Mark and and Steven don't have like a, but he he has like a Brooklyn accent for a quick second. And some people are saying because especially where he's wearing the hat, and seeing that Jake Lockley apparently wears hats, <laughs> uh, he does. People, yeah, yeah. People yeah. are assuming that that's 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 Jake Lockley as well. Yeah, way to be a stereotyp- he,
0: stereotypical he... cab driver with the yeah. with the cabbie
1: hat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jake Lockley could have also been. Um, remember, they walked past one of the rooms and someone was banging on the door when uh, the two of them were together in in the room. Yep. Asylum. Yep. I think, yeah, think yeah, that's Jake they, Lockley they
0: too. Yeah, I think that's Jake Lockley too for sure, for sure. But you know, the other thing that tips t- tips the, towards Jake Lockley is when they sedate when they sedate whoever that is in the chair during that conversation because he freaks the fuck out, the scene cu- cuts back to Mark and Steven with Tau in it. Right? Right. So it's almost like something like something was triggered and one of the personalities decided to take over as like some sort of cautionary measure or self preservation kind of thing, right? that's my oh that's like my you mean
2: when he's talking to oh, okay how about this when he's talking to Harold that because yep. at the end it kind of confused me a little but now what you're saying to me it kind of makes some more sense but i don't know if i understand it the same way so when he's talking to Harold in the uh like the therapy session yep that's when jake lockley's taking over the real body and that's when Steve Grant or Mark, what's this, Mark Specter? Are like on sideline? Yeah,
0: I think they're in the hallway of Towanet the entire time during that conversation.
2: Yeah, but Jake that, Lockley yeah. is talking to Towanet.
0: Towanet.
2: Towanet. Okay. Yeah, she's talking to Towanet. Jake Lockley's talking to Towanet, and Mark Specter and Stephen Grant are talking to Harold because they're sidelined because the Jake Lockley personality took over. The body. No,
0: I think you got. I think you got backwards, dude. Because there's oh. there's two Oscar Isaacs, right, with Tawana, and there's only one Oscar Isaac, with with Harrow, Doctor Harrow. oh uh, okay, okay. Right, right. So
1: some Inception shit going
0: yeah, on. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, yeah, I definitely got my fucked right there. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So this, yeah, this episode was intense. So let's talk about some of the takeaways from this. Again, I love the uh, the duat with the ship. The effects that they did with this was awesome. I thought that was a very, very, very uh, complex and, and, and uh, detailed sequence. And the accuracy down to like the carvings and the markings on the ship was just, it was fucking mind blowing stuff. I was really appreciative of the level of detail. Uh, that they went with these uh, particular sequences. I thought that was great. I thought the way that they were sticking to these traditional theological ideas and notions or theological practices in Egyptian, would you say religion or would you, I don't know how you would classify it, but the Egyptian mythology of way, the way that the afterlife works, I thought was just very cool details, the scales and the hearts and, and all that, and the feather, balancing hearts on a feather. I thought that was awesome. What do you guys think about that? I,
2: I thought it was awesome because it's a, uh... Uh, well, I was baptized as Catholic, and I uh, okay. went to a Catholic school. So yep. when I uh, learned more about other like pantheons or other religions, I always find it fascinating because right. I, for a good while, I didn't even know there was other another religion other than Catholic because of the way I just grew up. Like you know what I mean? Like I, it wasn't until like, I was ten, where I was really like, oh, like oh wait, there's public schools because people don't believe in Jesus. Like, you know? So when I see stuff like this, I love it. It brought me to another world. And I think I said this into in another episode before that God of War uh, is, is making its way through pantheons. Like right now it's in the Norse pantheon. And right. Egyptian is, is definitely up there. Like Egyptian has a pretty cool pantheon. And I'm excited to see Kratos kill Egyptian gods. I know that sounds kind of fucked <laughs> up, but I'm excited to see where that goes. But when I see stuff like this, like, like I said, there's not enough Egyptian content out there especially when it comes to mythology so i if it's done well i'm, I'm all for it's so it so true
1: there's like nothing out there i mean everything is like the greek gods and
2: yeah like uh, i mean
1: obviously that's the most popular ones but yeah it, this is pretty cool like greek um, or
2: norse yeah so yeah it's cool that they're doing another Pantheon. Yeah. The,
1: the one thing i thought was weird was that I, I didn't think they could ever balance it without jake lockley they can't. Right, that's right. why I win
0: balance. But that's why
2: I win
1: balance. Well, they, they they balance. It oh the right, end, though, right,
0: right, they? right. True, 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 true. Yeah, true. and I'm like,
2: what?
1: How? I don't know.
2: <laughs> so, so for me, when when Stephen Grant got caught up in the sand, yeah, I thought it was gonna be one of those moments. it's Like, no, Stephen Grant was inside you all along. <laughs> <laughs> I, you thought that. yeah that's what i thought was gonna happen like because at the end of the day it is him like it, it, he could he could manifest a personality it's not i don't know i don't know how it did works yeah. but i feel like you can manifest the personality i didn't think it was gonna be this whole rescue mission like i, I kind of got but you know i don't be predictable right
0: i love how they you know the two personalities found peace with each other like they found a way to work together i thought that was really cool like they were almost like twin brothers I thought that was kind of dope. I liked how they were playing off of each other. And obviously, again, Oscar Isaacs just steals this episode because he's playing these two different personalities, these two different guys, and he's doing it so perfectly. Like there's no melding. They're not bleeding into each other. They're very separate. Like you can see the the the, the demarcation line between these two men. And I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really great. He did definitely win something for this. But then again, Tatiana Maslany never got any awards for playing seven seven different women seven different personalities of the same women woman or yeah so, um, so she didn't do i don't it for know disney she didn't do it for disney <laughs> but now but now but now she works for disney yeah now she works what, for disney i heard a
2: rumor that that was gonna be nine episodes i want to bring that up earlier i kind of forgot
0: is it is true? it is gonna be nine episodes yeah. yeah
2: i don't know how i feel about that after seen the trailer like i don't want to get too into it right now but all i have to say is if this got six episodes and that gets nine episodes and from what i see Like that seems like that should get six episodes and this should get nine episodes. (laughs) All I'm saying.
0: Welcome, welcome to the MCU, buddy. Welcome to the MCU.
1: (laughs) M C U.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, Um, fight. Listen, Foggy's on record saying he wants he wants the majority of the MCU heroes to be women. He's on record. I mean, I don't,
2: I don't mind that. I just feel like when it's potential, you'd be okay
0: with the majority. I wouldn't Yeah,
2: like I don't I don't really care if it's a good story, it's a good story. I don't really care if it's uh whatever. Like it could be an alien from a different species. Like I'm I'm gonna watch it if it's if it's cool as fuck, right? When it comes to like like I I really think Moon Knight could have been like the last episode didn't need to be so epic. Like I don't know what they were aiming for, but it seemed like they had like say, Oh shit, we have like twenty million budget over left over Like, what do we do with it? Let's go on the, last <laughs> on the last episode. Yeah, right. Like I don't know, that's how I felt. But we're on the fifth episode, so We'll, we'll get, yeah so
0: brad didn't really get much feedback from you on the the reveal that mark invented steven as a device to kind of deal with his his abuse from his mother for her blaming him for his brother's death what was like what was your experience with that what was like your takeaway how did you feel about all that
1: uh it was mind-blowing i mean it, it was it was cool and uh, it, 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 it works it makes sense it explained a lot about the character and stuff like that i i, I don't know i get this whole dissociative person i i, I, I don't get it like if if <laughs> steven is there is mark completely gone or is he in the background or what is it like did some i i, I did i do remember them saying that something changed recently that he's having more episodes and stuff like that but th- this whole thing was just freaking confusing <laughs> that, that Stephen would work in the museum and then Mark would come and he'd go work in the museum and, and hang out with the same people, make dates with people and stuff like that. There's no way Mark would put up with that bitchy ass uh, supervisor that he had <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's just the whole thing was confusing as hell. It was cool to see how that character was created. And then uh, when it was all said and done, I, I actually was hoping that they would have shown how that Jake Lockley character was, was created. It would have been cool to see that as well.
0: So, okay, so you're saying that you would have preferred it to be a little less ambiguous to the audience as far as who's who, you know, at what times and where and, and all that. Right. Because yeah, it's,
1: I, I guess it works for, for the story, but it's like they, they didn't know that the other person existed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, until just recently. Right. Maybe Mark knew about Stephen cause he kept talking to him from behind, but Stephen had no idea about Mark. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, we had to find out Mark because of the, the, the bag and the, the phone and all that shit like you know and and uh he ends up in the middle of this this head to head with Harrow and his men and he doesn't even know what the hell's going on so right. yeah no i you know i sort of agree with you there it wasn't you know it wasn't made clear for the audience as to what personality was doing what at what time but then again a little ambiguity is good for the audience because they yeah, get to I make agree. it make it up in their own head as they go yeah it could have been a little bit cleaner i think there's a lot of people that would probably echo your sentiments about it being a little bit confusing. But yeah. What'd you guys think about this inherent need for Mark to protect Steven? I really liked that. I thought that was, again, this kind of like brotherly kind of vibe. The thing that didn't make sense to me about that is Mark is trying to protect Steven from all the bad shit that happens. Like he jumps in when there's a fight, he jumps in when there's something physical going on, but he lets Steven be the one that that got his ass beat i don't know it was that was that was sort of confusing for me yeah
1: so yeah. what, what, what's you talking about when he what do you mean when he got his ass beat
0: well steven's the one that took the whooping from from his mom
1: oh i see what you're saying um, and maybe that's why he feels the need to protect him. maybe he feels guilty
0: see but that's <laughs> another thing that is the, that, that, that that doesn't make any sense either <laughs> because when teenage steven is running away he's the one that's saying that that she's horrible and i'm trying to get away from her so maybe maybe it wasn't Stephen that took the whipping. Maybe it was Mark that took all the whippings. But like in that sequence where you see in the room for the first time, you see him become Stephen, and his mother's at the door. We don't see him change back into Mark to take the beating. So maybe that's just right. maybe that's where the confusion is. Maybe that's where the disconnection is. Because even even Mark says to Stephen, like you had a great life. You didn't have to deal with any of this stuff. You had to have a mom. You got to have a mom that was nice. And that was kind and loving and caring. And I had to deal with this, right? Like they were kind of contrasting their lives a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe,
1: maybe they just did it wrong. That that it should have been Steven getting the ass whipping. And then as soon as their mother walked away, when he's all lying there in the pulp, <laughs> transforming <laughs> to Steven and think everything was great. And, and, and his mom was fantastic and shit. That's probably how they should have done it, yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think they, they messed up there because it confused me as well. But I think what they were trying to portray... I'm, I'm going to be devil's advocate because, like, honestly, they did a bad job portraying it. But I think what they were trying to portray is that when he was under stress, he'd go under Stephen Grant to make it seem like he was under stress. And maybe he would switch back to Mark for the whoopings. I, I think.
1: But again, it should be the other way around because like he's a mercenary and stuff like yeah, that.
2: Yeah.
0: So and Stephen is not good with
1: stress. His, he's like he has that's like right, anxiety. He can to that wimpy ass yeah Stephen, when his life's on the line so
0: yeah but yeah that's where it it it's confusing be opposite, because right? he loved his mom right Stephen so, does right Stephen so we, so does. He's got yeah, to, does right so so he's the one that got to invent this this mother that this that this idealized that beats mother right Out Of love no but he
2: doesn't oh <laughs> but no mom, that's like, that, that's what i'm saying that's where it gets confusing because it's like he right. took a beating but he still loves his and he's still calling his dead mom not like something that she's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's confusing. It, it,
0: but that's the thing. Yeah. But that's what we're saying. We like, we're yeah, like, they, we're they saying, we're saying off camera, obviously that beating went to Mark and not to Steven.
2: Right. That's the only way it can make sense.
0: Yeah. It's the only way it makes sense. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate because like I said, they did a bad job trying to send that yeah. message yeah. across. That's right. one, yeah.
1: It's true. Cause then, cause then maybe Steven should have been the real character and then Mark is the alter ego when. Shit goes down. Well, that's another thing too, because yeah.
2: like Mark wasn't that violent. Like Mark, Mark fucked shit up. Sure, he knew how to do some some kicks and stuff, but Jake Lockley was the one that had to save the day, right? Well, he's the one. Yeah, he's the one
0: that would get bloody. He's the he, he was the he was the real killer.
2: Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah,
1: but yeah, Mark was Mark was skilled though.
0: Yeah, Mark's skilled. Yeah, he's a mercenary. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Mark was skilled.
1: Yeah, and he, he could defend himself and, and yeah. take take care of himself. Or whatever. He just wasn't as bloody as, uh, as Jake. what did
0: you guys think like how did harrow fit into all these these visions these experiences in his own mind or this afterlife thing because that was kind of confusing to me but i have a theory i think he's the scale like he's just there as his physical representation to, to, to mediate between the personalities to kind of figure everything out that's my takeaway i don't think that harrow has magical powers and was able to visit mark and steven in the afterlife I don't think that that's the case. I think he's a representation of something, but it's not—it's not corporeal. It's something else. What do you guys think about that?
2: I would agree with you if it wasn't for the whole part of conscious saying, "I release you," and then he wakes up in his bed after having that dream where Arthur Harrow right. is bleeding. That's right. where it kind of which made mean, me seem like what what what's actually going on, which made it right. more confusing. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's where it made it more confusing. <laughs> like I would agree with yeah. you up if it wasn't for that scene because then it was like. It's like, oh, why are you bleeding? He's like, oh, why am I bleeding? It's like, oh, so this is a dream. Yeah. This is just in your mind. But it's like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that, like that's what's confusing.
0: You're talking about the bloody footprints, right? Yeah, right? Because
2: okay, so like, okay. all, like it, it, it seems like because he saw the bloody footprints, like he kind of realized that that's his, like he, he's putting reality to his subconscious kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, when yeah. you're dreaming and you kind of like clue in, it's like, wait a second, this is yeah. not real because you're actually dead, right? But then- yeah. it, it kind of defeats the whole purpose is why was it author author harold to begin with right right like 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 you're like you know you're asking the right questions man
0: yeah (laughs) well i love that ned flanders joke i thought that was fucking funny as hell i laughed out loud for that yeah that was a few times in this series where i laughed out loud but steven is funny like like oscar isaac does has a yeah he does have good timing i think his timing is good his delivery is good and then we find out Mark's or Steven's mom isn't real and she's dead. And he's, she he's been calling like all the times we've seen our caller on a phone. She's been gone. Right? Like we, I think we talked about that in the first couple of episodes. We're like, if Mark Spector is this guy, who the hell, why does Steven Gray have a mother? Right, but but you know that's all explained away, which which I was hoping would get resolved. You know, I was hoping would get re- resolved. I like how they stayed true to the character with the you know with the Jewish face stuff too. I thought that was good. I thought that was important. There's not a lot of Jewish characters in the MCU, so I think it's cool that you get some physical representation where you can or you can identify. You can identify uh, certain things that are intrinsic to the Jewish culture: the shiva, the uh, Yamaka, all that stuff. I thought that was great. Yeah,
2: I didn't even know what shiva was. To be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just a funeral. Cool.
2: But it's true how you also asked how like, you know, he he's Jewish but like why is it that he goes to the like, Egyptian afterlife? I think that's a <laughs> these these are the right questions, Frank.
0: Like <laughs> Yeah, th- yeah, it's 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 a balancing act, right? Yeah. You got to you got to suspend your disbelief a little bit and and just kind oh. of go with all the punches, but
2: uh I think Talwe also uh name-dropped the uh, sensual plane. She did. I want to talk yeah. about that. She's definitely yeah. talking about Black Panther for sure. Of course. Yeah, that's where that's yeah. what the ancestral plane is. So I think Yeah. Like I said, setting up Pantheon. So I think I think the way she described it, that uh, actually so whatever belief you believe in, that's the heaven you're gonna go to. If right. you're a decent human being. That's how it says, which is you know, you know, in the perfect world, right? Yeah, I thought it was
0: cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool. If uh,
1: if um if 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 Mark is because remember he could read like hieroglyphics and all that other shit like he must have had a a big chunk of sorry Stephen could read all that stuff he must have had a big chunk of mark's life to to study all that shit like you can't just true know it you know what i mean like it's
0: but you see all the books in his place too yeah i guess
1: but i mean uh it's yeah i don't know it's confusing you know what? like i said just questions that the audience can ask that they're not necessarily they don't necessarily have to answer and
0: yeah well no no dude no dude I'm with you because like they started like they were they were saying to each other that they bled like their lives kind of bled into each other like two years ago right or shorter I can't remember but I don't think he's gonna be able to read all those books and learn all that stuff in that period of time that's right right <laughs> so I don't know well don't know, how about maybe this we're just being, yeah he what's said up?
2: his place that place was his mom that's true. But he so not have a mom. His mom's dead. Yeah. Yep. So where like is oh, how about this? But, but, Even Mark, better. The the limo has Spectre on it. So do you think Mark Spectre's a billionaire? Oh,
0: I don't know. Like isn't he
2: supposed to be rich in the in the comics? Oh yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> so so maybe it's not his No, mom. no,
0: no, no, no. Grant is the Stephen Grant's the millionaire. Okay. So, so yeah, Steven Grant, Grant Yeah, yeah. Mili- Stephen
2: Grant's the millionaire persona. Yeah. But yeah. but the limo said Spectre on it. And uh well, I don't know. So okay, I don't want to jump ahead. But my, like, I, I, like, eventually I want to ask, like, do you think this is going to get a season two or no? I
0: think it will. I think it did well. I think the the fan response to it has been good. I think the critical response was good to it. Or I think the critical response uh, was good for it. But I don't know. I think it will, though. I definitely think it will. Before we move on to episode six, are there any other things you guys want to talk about from episode five that we didn't cover?
2: I actually had a question for you. I remember you were saying about the Santa Duat scene. Yeah. What did you think about the quote where he's like you're my superhero power or something like that? Like you're my superpower. Oh,
0: I thought that was great. I also like the fact that Steven realized that as far as his physicality there wasn't really a demarcation line between the two of them anymore. That like whatever whatever Mark knows, whatever Mark can do, he can do. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really neat that that he would have that self-acknowledgment, especially after this pivotal psychological moment. Where he learns that he's the invented personality, and that he was invented for a means of uh, self-preservation or mental self-preservation. I thought that was I thought that was neat.
2: Cause for me, it, it felt like it didn't need a spotlight like that. I think that the, the message came across already as it is. So I was just curious to see what you guys thought about it. like like the way the Frank explained it. It, it kind of changed my mind about it when it gets pointed out like that. It's. Uh, it it does make sense but when i first saw it it kind of felt forced. so yeah i just wanted to know what you what you thought about
1: yeah i don't know i i felt he was kind of just and this is when um he was like turning into stone or something like that and he was kind of yeah he's
2: turning into sand and he's trying to get yeah, back to life and stuff like that i don't
1: know maybe he's just trying to, <laughs> try to uplift him as as he was you know turning to, to, to stone or whatever i i, I didn't i didn't i didn't read too much into it to be quite honest now yeah
0: but doesn't yeah, that happen we, in episode six? I thought that happens in episode six. I thought no.
2: I think that does it. Maybe no. I think it happens in episode five because I think that's how it ends. Right, the door opens up, or or maybe it does happen in episode six.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Episode six, the door opens up. It, it's um, it's after. Yeah, no. Stephen has or Mark has oh, to Oh yes, out episode five into ends the with, the with him, f-
2: him getting kicked off the boat. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I, jumped ahead, yeah. I jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. It's, it's all yeah. like a sequence for me, though, because like, it, it kind of happened in the same setting. Sorry. My, my fault. Yeah. My fault. I jumped ahead. No.
0: No, it's okay. Yeah, episode five ends with Steven or Steven sacrificing himself to save Mark or in an attempt to save Mark. He basically just gets kind of thrown over thrown over the side. So episode six starts off with a bang. Amit gets released. Hiro gets some magic powers and uh, he gets confronted by the Egyptian military police or whatever the hell they are. And he basically... Takes all their souls except for one guy. I thought that was a, a very cool indication of uh, how gnarly this was going to get. Like Harrow just has this power now, where he can literally just zap people's souls without even touching them. That was kind of rad. What do you guys think? Uh,
2: yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought, I thought, it, and I think it would be cooler if it was maybe more than one guy. Uh, maybe I don't know.
0: Yeah, just- I think that makes more sense. I was kind of shocked that like all these Egyptian policemen were all pieces of shit. Like just right away, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like the the, the the Egyptian patrol agency. And then like, when you look at how many people died in Cairo, it's like, Jesus Christ. We're like all these people, like prospective murderers and rapists and pedophiles. Like what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, like, like what do you got to do to qualify as somebody that's not going to live a good life? Right. That's because, true. Like yeah. they never made that they clear. Killed, yeah. They killed, they killed so many people in Cairo. It was crazy yeah. because like Amit was eating the souls and it was growing giant as it was eating, as it was eating the souls. How about this? But, do you uh, think
2: Amit should have gave Hero a pass?
0: Yeah, because she wanted him for his avatar.
1: But and Hero did a lot to to get her out. But yeah, but think- they were also
0: pointing out the hypocrisy of gods, right? Like gods are always hypocritical, right? That's true. They're always That's true. they're always they're always hypocrites. They're always hypocrites. So yeah, no, I thought it was cool. The CGI was dope. I thought that the detail on Amit was actually pretty, pretty amazing in comparison to. Uh, some of the CG that we see on other superhero comic book type series. That's where the budget went. Yeah, no, the budget definitely (laughs) went to a lot of these CGI sequences for sure. But she looked cool. I liked the voice work. I thought that was great. And uh, Konshu comes back, obviously, because Layla releases him. And she totally does not want to be his avatar to help him out. She says she'll work with him, but she's not going to be his avatar. Uh, She lets him know that Mark is dead because he can't find him. He comes back onto the earthly plane. And he can't find him. But Mark gets, Mark eventually finds Stephen. Sorry, Mark leaves the field of reeds and goes and finds Stephen. And that's when they have that little heartfelt speech about uh, Stephen being his superpower and how much he cares about him and how much he's meant for him, you know, he's meant to him and and all that stuff. And then the gates of Osiris open and they get back to uh, the earthly plane and Mark is revived with bullets in him. With bullets in him. Yeah
2: and then conchu brings him back to life one thing i remember uh, actually the because i was thinking about the scene again and the flashback of him you know doing the whole speech the country speech right i thought that was kind of cool but what did that kind of annoyed me was i think i think this goes back to episode five why the fuck was mark Spector crawling to the tomb of Kanchi or the the shrine of conchu to kill himself? Why wouldn't you just kill yourself where you're <laughs> where you're like already dying? I don't know. That's Does a good point. I, that's I a good that, point. that kind of took me out of it. To be honest, no, I
0: think no, I think you make a good point. Yeah, you know that's in a previous episode, but yeah, you make a great point. I didn't, I never thought about that. What did you guys think of the combat sequences between like the first couple of things between Amit and Konshu? Like them trans, like teleporting and trying to hit each other with like giants, the, the, the staffs and all that, that was kind of dope. I thought that was kind of fun. No,
1: it was, it was awesome. It was so cool. Yeah. And and I, I liked the way it was kind of carrying on in the, in the background. So it wasn't even like the, the focus of like, you know, much of the scenes where, where you're, you're, you know, you just kind of see it happening in, in, in the distance. I thought that was, that was creative.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah did you guys For, like that moment between steven and mark like were you guys fans of that or did you guys feel it was a little too a little too uh melodramatic which part the
2: the one where uh, yeah the one where they're kind of having their heart to heart like you're my superpower yeah it would have been better if he didn't say that that's what i was trying to say that's what i was trying to get at like like i thought the moment was was dope enough It's like mark until so he said steven you're my it's like okay how about this i want to flash forward to to the scare moment where it was like, are you an Egyptian superhero? Yeah, it's like you know what, like, like I, I okay. After I, after I saw it it, it, it hit with me. I thought it was, it was nice. Like I thought mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was cute. Like it was, it was, it was a good way because I think the person, the showrunner, was also um, Egyptian as well. So like you know, it it, it has a passion. He did a, a fabulous job portraying Cairo. He obviously has passion for his culture, right? I just felt like. When you, when you show so much of a spotlight to it, it feels forced. So that, yeah. that's how I felt like it. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to call attention to, I don't know if you guys picked up on this or made this connection. This is not the first time that Oscar Isaacs has transformed into a superhero in a pyramid.
2: <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, X-Men Apocalypse, oh. right? He's playing as <laughs> oh, uh, Apocalypse.
1: He's Apocalypse, his yes. Apocalypse. And, yeah.
0: and honestly, if you look at his body language, his physicality as he's playing... His transformation—it is almost exactly the same as when he transformed into Apocalypse. Hilarious, kind isn't of, it Crazy, yeah. Like he
2: has like that stiffness to it. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I can I can see what you're saying, but like now that you just reminded me that he was Apocalypse, it's just like, holy shit! And also, Ex Machina. Holy shit, Oscar Isaac's fucking talented.
0: Yeah, he's great, but but great. but but it's pretty funny that you know this is the second yeah. pyramid. <laughs> that he's done a transformation. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah? <laughs> the, the Marvel movie, this. A Mar- another Marvel film too. Yeah, no, but, but yeah, no, again, I love this fucking suit. I love the live action Moon Knight suit. It is so dope. And again, we talked about this multiple times, but in the comics, it's just this suit that he puts on. It's like pants and, and, and you know, it's armor, right? It's something he physically puts on one leg at a time. But like in this series, it's all like it, will just, it just materializes with his connection with Khonshu. It's, it's like this mystical, magical connection, which again, you know, really takes that character in a completely different direction that we've historically seen him in comic books. He's no longer a street level guy. He's like this whole other, this whole other bracket, you know, he's in this whole other bracket of hero, which is kind of crazy, you know?
1: Yeah. Hey, um, did, did you like uh, the Steven version of the suit as well? <laughs> I thought I thought that Yeah, it looks fly yeah that's a fly ass suit
0: yeah the mr knight is kind of cool and i you know it like in the comic books it's not steven that's mr knight he, he just he just he does mr knight when he wants to be mr knight so it warmed up to you yeah it warmed up to me but i think i remember but it's still kind of i don't know it's still kind of definitely not my favorite but um so sorry what's who's
1: mr knight or what's mr knight well that's, that's just,
0: well that well that's what he calls himself when, he, when he's in the suit and tie and the in the mask Just okay.
1: So he he just wears like all white, and instead of wearing the armor, he he, he dons that. Yeah,
0: Yeah, but that's armor too, apparently. So I think from um, what I now is
1: there is there a third iteration of the suit, like a Jake Lockley version? No, I don't think so. I want to ask. Well, there'll definitely be. Yeah, (laughs) maybe,
0: (laughs) maybe, yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't know what you could do with that. would would it be like an iron man thing i don't know no not an
2: iron man thing i think it would be it's gonna have to look something uh you have to get super creative to
0: try and make another fucking suit that makes sense so
2: how about this since mark and steven no longer have control or have a deal with moon knight per se and that's how like the loophole is uh jake lockley just has the regular moon knight armor and they only use it for this show just to portray the uh the differences in character kind of thing Get what hmm. I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I hear what you're saying, yeah. but oh man, they they can't. They gotta have a, a third suit. I, I I want to,
2: but it's like also like <laughs> what can they do, right? Like they okay, if they make a new suit. It's gonna be completely original, right? Because the That's the true. only I think the Moon Knight, from my understanding, is from what I've heard, is that it's like a detective consultant kind of deal. Like it's his like uh like you know how like uh Sherlock Holmes would show up at the crime scene where or like uh in the beginning of the, the Batman movie where like the Batman was led on the crime scene to consult. Like the Moon Knight right. would be his persona that he would take to be that consultant, but if he was gonna go fight on, on the street, he would take the uh the traditional Moon Knight comic book outfit we are aware of. That's my understanding mm. of it, so I don't know. I, I honestly would love to see uh original Moon Knight outfit for the MCU. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Did you guys, did were you guys blown away by by uh, uh, May Kalawawi's transformation when Tawanet connected with her, the way her, her just her physicality, like the way that she just kind of like, in, just, just invoked that character. Like she changes on a dime, dude. She's running through this hallway and then Tawanet takes over and then her whole body language just changes instantly. It's fucking crazy. It's really amazing. Amazing performance. Did you yeah, guys pick dude. up on that?
2: Yeah, dude. I honestly, I, I, I want to say uh, earlier, I kind of forgot when you asked about the her scene with Ethan Hawke in, in episode four. I think you asked.
0: Yeah, yeah. dude.
2: She like I, I know I was talking about Oscar Isaac and uh Ethan Hawke and I forget who who did the voice for Conchu uh, Frank who who was it again? I don't, I don't F. know. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. So so he they they were awesome. But for her, she she's kind of an unknown. I never heard of her before. So for her to be on par with these, like on on the same screen of them, like kudos to her like you know yeah she was great she gave a she gave she gave a fantastic uh performance i
0: thought she was amazing okay moon knight flying we gotta talk about this moon knight don't fly okay (laughs) (laughs) moon knight don't fly and the way that he was flying was just ridiculous his his cape looked stupid it should be flapping behind him it violated all the rules of physics and aerodynamics and it just really annoyed me just really, Didn't really. did they make it me. like a
1: glider or something like that? Yeah, like, it was like a glider. But, yeah, it
0: yeah. was like, it, but it was, but he wasn't holding the edges of his cape. His cape was just curled around him. There was like no, <laughs> there was like there was no, yeah, there was no. Yeah, it was just bad. I was not a fan of it. I was not a fan of it. I did not for, want to see Moon Knight fly. I had no interest in seeing Moon Knight fly. But for, uh,
2: yeah, for me, okay, so like I'm with Brad. Like, I'm not too familiar with Moon Knight, but right. I, I have a soft spot for for stupid shit like this so. okay <laughs> when i see him go up in the air up to the moon it, it, it looks cool yeah you know with a little moon crescent cape the, the moon like crescent you know that, that is cool okay. yeah, yeah you bought me like i'm sorry like frank i i know i'm gonna disappoint you by hearing say, saying this but I. You guys, like that... like huh? you, you guys sound like children
0: you guys sound like children you guys <laughs> sound like children you do <laughs>
2: yeah i fall in love with stupid shit like that all the time Uh, i I can't like copy that i have a limit i have a line like when it's too stupid where it's like okay dude that's just stupid or or then, when it's like you know you have all this cool shit going on i i can let a little stupid slide right like this stupid stupid like this you know it's a little romance
0: okay Uh, well we're not done with the realm of stupid i still got some more so (laughs) uh, layla's transformation into the scarlet scare okay here's what i'm going to point out Okay, I love the suit. A little too hot girl for me. But honestly, Towerwet's avatar is a hippo. Hippos <laughs> don't have wings. That's right. Okay? She's like, she's like, you can be my avatar. I have a great suit for you.
2: Why wouldn't the suit align with the hippo? That that's doesn't make what, any sense to me. Why, why does it have wings? That's what annoyed me when she said that. Like, I feel like a lot of these scenes would have been played out if it wasn't for the dialogue that came before it. Right? Oh, I have a cute outfit for you. It's like oh why did you have to say that for it didn't... yeah it but it's so... two
0: girls talking
2: to each other they have to play that up i don't know i don't know i feel like it's just when it comes off like that it just i guess for me it feels too forced right for me like like when it comes to like armor like i don't know yeah no i'm i'm, I'm with you with it like i i think I, I the armor look cool like the outfit look cool but like when it comes to yeah like she's a hippo <laughs> I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, she's a hippo. She like it fly? should be it should be like a hippos. Was she able to fly?
0: Who who um Alela? Yeah. I think so. I think she flies at, at, in the uh in the final sequences. I'm pretty sure. I thought those shots of Harrow on top of the uh pyramid were amazing. They were beautifully done. The lighting, the wind effects, everything. It just it just looked awesome. You just looked like this ominous force. I really really liked those shots. I don't know if you guys were picking up on that, but uh I really really enjoyed those shots. I thought that was cool. Okay, so what did you guys think of the kaiju fight? The kaiju fight was kind of fun. I thought it was kind of interesting. What was your take on it?
2: I, I think I would enjoy it more if I, if it was not for like the, like if it was not for only like five minutes, like total, not even less than <laughs> five minutes total runtime. You know what I mean? Like, it looked kind of. You, kinda you cool.
0: wanted more. Of, you wanted more of the kaiju fight. There was too much going
2: on. I'm I'm watching, yeah. S- Steve Brandt, Mark fight arthur and, yeah, uh yeah i agree there's a scarab and then there's a kaiju fight <laughs> I, I i honestly for me it, it was too much going on to appreciate the epicness like it's yeah yeah that's how i feel
1: about it, it. it was it was it was in the background though that's, that's what i was saying from before i thought i i, I like that it was just kind of going on in the background and Kanchi was getting his ass kicked which was good too because he he should not have been able to have uh been able to Defeat um, Ammit there because she had powered up by eating all the souls. And again, when, when Moon Knight ends up beating the shit out
2: of um, Harold, like we, we don't see it, right? Right. That 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 yeah. You point out something like absolutely beautiful. Like, why don't we get to see him beat the shit out of Harold? <laughs> yeah, because like, it's Disney, okay? It's because <laughs> there you go. That's why Disney. I don't want to see a Daredevil on Disney Plus. Like, exactly, honestly, brother. I'm with you oh fuck man like well no
0: no it's not that i don't want to see it it's just that i'm that i'm that the exit i that i'm i'm concerned that the execution is just not going to be there right so for sure it's on disney
1: plus we're not going to like put on hulu or something like
0: that. no man no i listen marvel marvel is disney plus brother That's just that's how it goes uh hulu they
1: got like hit monkey on hulu Hulu oh they do have hit
0: monkey they do have hit monkey but hit monkey came on disney plus too Actually yeah. maybe Oh is it on Disney Plus? Yeah, actually maybe Hitmonkey is the same, You know, maybe Hitmonkey is the hit reason. Hit monkey's on Disney Plus? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> we that's don't have hard. Hulu
2: in Canada, so <laughs> <laughs> Disney Plus is our access to yeah. Hulu content. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I got you just in Canada. But yeah. still,
1: I'm surprised. Is there like because that, that's pretty violent? But sure. That's not that's no,
2: not, that's not a Disney Plus yeah, original. <laughs> that's yeah, no, Hulu I, original, yeah. Yeah, like that's that's like yeah. that's Fox content. Like that's why I'm saying so so okay uh, one thing I was going to ask you do you think okay one I think it's because the six episodes there wasn't enough time to expand on everything and that's where this like all the budget it's like hey we have like all this money left over the budget goes in the last episode that's like my theory but right. do you think if it wasn't for the end credit scene payoff, we would have seen Jake Lockley fuck shit up excuse my French
0: no I think they were hiding him to the end
1: yeah absolutely yep Cause they hinted at him many times throughout the show yep, and they, they, they wanted to save him right for yep. the very end. It was
0: probably strategic in a sense that they knew that the fans would would be biting every time Mark went into a fugue state, became another personality and he didn't know who it was. They are probably like, oh, it's Jake, you know, but, but when are we going to see Jake? When are we going to see Jake? And they just watch it up until the end to finally see Jake. I think that was the, uh, the experience for a lot of people. But let's get back to the final sequence because... I'm starting to find that Marvel has this this tendency to have female characters saving male characters before they're about to be fucking splattered or die or whatever. What is going on with that? What is up with that shit?
2: Well, where, where do you... Give me an example in Moon Knight?
0: Layla. Layla,
2: saves, Layla saves Mark. Uh, when? Right, right
0: at the beginning of the fight. Right at the beginning of the fight because Harrow's over top of them after they crashed. Because of flying okay, Knight, but right? when,
2: when when Jake Lockley took over, it looked like she detained Layla. Right. So no, I, I know I, that part. I, I feel but like, I'm... um I get what you're saying, but I, I feel like when push came to solve, Jake Lockley had to take over and save the day. Yeah, no,
0: I think that's true too. I think that's true too. And keep in mind, that's the first time we've seen him in the new Moon Knight armor. That's the first time we've seen Mark switch personalities in the armor without turning into Steven. Which is kind of cool too. By the way, I love that Steven is now like this martial arts expert. <laughs> you can't make the Mary Sue argument about Steven, because he's just tapping into Mark, right? He's just tapping into his his muscle memory and his skill sets, and he's just he's found a way to uh, bridge the gap between the two personalities whenever they want to. Because we've seen them change at will, right? Like even when Harrow and Mark are plummeting towards towards the earth from their aerial battle. Mark changes into Steven to lose his cape because that's what Harrow was holding on to, which I thought was a cool thing. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what did you guys think of the overall final fight sequence? Any like standout feats or moments that like you were, that that, uh, you liked? I, I, no, not
1: not, not necessarily for me. No. Again, the stuff I wanted to see, they didn't show. So. Right. uh, It was, it was all right.
2: Yeah. for me yeah i think it was just too much going i think i said this before there's too much going on right especially when it comes to i think i said this on the doctor strange episode which by the way you guys check that out i think we should i, I have like that bloodlust for the superhero violence and we could have right. got that <laughs> and it's a missed opportunity with okay the jake lockley scene especially it's wild okay it's like point out and the jake lockley scene in episode one and like or anything where yeah i just yeah, I want more bloodiness. Yeah, I
0: wanted more bloodiness in Moon Knight too. But but yeah, what can you do? What do you think of? Uh, are you an Egyptian superhero thing? What do you guys think of that? I thought that was cool. What do you mean? Like oh, this, with Layla uh, and the kid and the kid, she like saved a van full of like people and uh, a kid, and she can fight too. Like she's actually a pretty good fighter.
2: Yeah, I like think I said I think I would have enjoyed the scene better if she didn't call it out. Like right. maybe if like she ran off and then the the kid said to herself, "Oh was." She, it, she looked like or maybe she may have been Egyptian or something like that like or, or, or like maybe she said something in, the, in the, uh, I'm not too familiar with the Egyptian culture but, in the language or whatever yeah. but maybe yeah in the language or something that like kind of gave off a hint that she was Egyptian it was just more like I, it felt kind of like there was so much going on when you like it's like the scene in Endgame when the uh, the females take over you know it's, it's, <laughs> it's like it just feels so forced and it's just forced yeah it's just like like but like i said after like after a couple seconds later it, yeah it, i think it's it, a nice it,
0: moment though for kids i think it's a nice moment for kids i think it's a nice moment for the, yeah the teen, it resonated with right? me like
2: like so i, mm. I I'm, I'm spanish i'm latino you know people call me taco right. like you know I, it'd be given it'd be weird if i wasn't right. latino but um right. so i there's there's not that many latino superhero representation so i can understand where someone like you would want to shine and spotlight especially if you're uh, Egyptian working like I think uh, sorry what's his name again Frank the showrunner the uh, oh
0: Mohamed Diab
2: yeah so you know he's, yeah. he's obviously wants to put a spotlight on the Egyptian culture so like I respect that and I think that should be supported but I just felt like well, at first when they first came off it just felt forced but after a couple of seconds later, it it, it felt it's like, okay, this is nice. Like, uh, uh, you you got a chance to do your thing. Like, you know, show off your, yeah. your, your you know, it's throw a spotlight on the Egyptian culture and, and putting an Egyptian superhero out there, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Mohammed Mal- said that he did it for, like, his daughter. He wanted to do something cool for his daughter. And I think that yeah. was kind of... Yeah. yeah, I respect that. I yeah.
2: respect yeah, that. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with kind of both what you guys are saying. We're... Because it was a kid, it, it, it seemed to work, and wasn't as—I mean, it was—it was forced, but it wasn't as forced. I don't know if that makes,
2: yeah, it, makes it cute like, because you know, it's a kid.
0: Yeah, it's kind of right. like Spider-Man. He saves a van in like the beginning of the thirty minutes of every Spider-Man movie. But there's always like a kid in the back of a van with Spider-Man movies, right? So, yeah, you know. I How about this? I'll
2: give it this: I am one, not a child, and two, right. also not a female. So I'm sure if anyone was a female or a child they would probably enjoy the scene a lot more than i did yeah true
0: but yeah it's still cool though i don't know yeah still
2: cool for me yeah
0: all right well there's not really much left in this episode they basically bind amit using some crazy spells i don't know if the uh language that they used was actual egyptian or whatever but the sequence was kind of gangster because like amit was like evaporating as she was clawing at khonshu that was kind of dope. And she gets bound inside Harrow. Like she goes in his mouth. Like she doesn't even become a thing anymore. She like, she doesn't even become a, uh, um, a new Shopti again. She just goes in a Harrow.
2: So I don't know how that
0: works. I
2: think that was like, just, uh hey, how do we end this? Yeah, we'll just do this. <laughs> no one asks questions. Yeah. It shows over kind of thing, right?
0: Yeah. Well, Kanchu calls on Mark to kill, to kill both of them with his crescent dagger or his knife or his blade or whatever or is Crescent Crescent Ring I don't know I'm trying to make it sound cool but I can't because it says Crescent <laughs> not, not many things with Crescent in it sound cool This Crescent um, Chest Kunai?
2: not Kunai uh, I don't know what kam, kam, yeah, don't Kamurai know.
0: Kuruma? sure sure Kuruma. that works for me <laughs> that works for me but Mark refuses to kill to kill Harrow and Layla protests as well so yeah,
1: hadn't Mark like killed Lots of people for country already. I agree. I Bring agree. Bring him but- to, to, to justice and stuff. Now, this is the biggest piece of shit
0: <laughs> that's out there.
1: And, and he refuses to kill him? <laughs> I,
0: I I agree, but I think that's part of his arc is to is to kind of okay. change, yeah, his, change his view on the whole thing, right? And then this? he lets right. go. He lets go of Mark. How about this? The suit disappears.
2: Do you think Mark is a killer? Mark seemed more hardcore than Steven, 100%. But do you think he was the, like, 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 oh, I think Jake Lockley is the, the, the stone cold killer persona, of course, right? Yep. But what do you think, yep. like, Mark is? Like, do you think Mark is just the the main body, or do you think, like, what kind of role do you see him for? So if Jake is the violin one and Steve is the, I, I, want, I don't want to say little bitch, but according to Brad's words, <laughs> little bitch, like, what do you think? <laughs> that was.
1: That was when he was trying to steal his woman.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think uh, uh, Mark's persona, like, where do you think that, like, lies in the spectrum?
0: I think Mark is just, he's he's the original. He's more forged by his experiences and his trauma than anybody. Jake Lockley, I think, is more of, like, a sociopathic side of himself. I think Steven is obviously the better part of him, where he's more empathetic, more kind, more caring, more thoughtful more uh industrious again mark 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 is shaped by his trauma he's shaped by the people that he's killed right so according to steven he didn't even know all these people were dead like he didn't even he didn't even know until that up until episode five how many people mark actually killed so mark's the one that deals with so that shit
1: right i wonder how many people uh jake's killed on top of uh, mark's kill count there
0: probably quite a lot that's because, true right? um uh, he's got a silenced weapon that's not really somebody that it's not something somebody just carries around
2: haphazardly so oh Um, hey i was just saying before there wasn't that many like Spanish superhero representatives jake lockley speaking spanish what's up there
1: you go there
0: you There you go yeah yeah but i think he's but i think that scene was like in a spanish location that's why he was speaking spanish i don't think no i don't think jake lockley is spanish
2: why would there be a Spanish location if there were just in Africa?
0: Well, his last name is Lockley, dude. Do you know how Irish that is? It's ridiculously Irish. <laughs> well, it's, like, it, it's, it's even more like ridiculous it, that
2: he speaks Spanish then.
0: Like, dude, he couldn't be more Irish if his first name was Whiskey.
2: Like, seriously. How many more how many Irish people do you know speak Spanish, Frank? You're Irish, Not a lot, right? bro. Not That's a why lot. I'm curious. What what's 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 up? He doesn't look Irish. I man, I guess it's a personality. What <laughs> if Steve Grant is a personality he got from a movie? Yeah, then where does Jake Lockley come from, right? Yeah, Taxi Driver. You think he watched Taxi Driver? It's gonna be like a rip off. Uh, you know how like Tomb Buster is a rip off of Tomb Raider. We're gonna mm. get like a rip off of Taxi made, Driver. Uh,
1: Jake Lockley should make Jake Lockley speak Gaelic. Gaelic, <laughs> stuff, uh, yeah. Spanish. There was a cool,
0: <laughs> there was a cool Easter egg in that final end credit scene. The psychot, the psych ward was called the Sinkowitz. Psych Ward. And that's a nod towards Bill Sinkowitz, the artist, the comic that's artist. Cool. I would just kind oh, of neat. right. Yeah, just kind of neat. But yeah, Konchu basically kills Harrow at the end thanks to his friend Jake Lockley. I, um, I like that. But, exactly like, but he looks exactly like Mark Spector. So With the I don't hat. know how that works. Yeah, I don't know how that works. It's the hat. It's the power of the hat. Yeah, but like... How, do, how,
1: does, how does Amit friggin' stay inside of a living i
0: yeah that's that's does that work (laughs) that's where i'm sitting with that for sure dude (laughs) that's where i'm sitting with that six episodes dude that's what happens when you're
2: limited to that that kind of stuff you tell a good story but not enough to to tell the whole story
0: yeah all right well any any speculation on what's going to happen in in a second episode do you guys want to go in or or, or in a second season you guys want to go into that or do you have any ideas? Because, because honestly, I'm drawing a blank, man. I have no idea where the series is going to end or head. Like, the obviously, same... Jake Lockley is going to be tied to Conshu in some way, but it doesn't look like he's going to be a like. It doesn't look like he's going to be Moon Knight because he's not in his suit. He's using a handgun and he's dressed like a cab driver. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I <laughs> I can't make any sense of it. Thoughts?
1: As long as, long as you get the a Jake Lockley origin story, uh, uh, I'd like to know you know what what part of his life caused this persona to okay. How okay, about this? That's cool.
2: The format for the next season is going to be the exact same as this format, but instead of just Steven Grant trying to figure out the pieces, we're going to have Steven Grant and Mark trying to figure out the pieces following Jake Lockley's trail.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good bet. That's probably a good bet. I think that's probably the easiest lift for the writers, and so far from what, what I've seen from most of the Disney Plus shows, they like easy lifts. So <laughs> that wasn't carried a Carried that wasn't a dig. That wasn't a dig. I mean, honestly,
2: um, I, yeah, you, but you say the truth. Like, it's easy writing carried by awesome performances. Like, that's what the that's, Disney that's, Plus shows have Except been so for far.
0: Loki. The writing the writing was the hero in Loki.
2: Yeah, the writing was sick. Science fiction was at its best. Because,
0: like, literally that show was people sitting across tables talking to each other. And it was amazing. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Mm-hmm. Cool, guys. Well, listen, thank you again for joining us for this episode of Meanwhile Back on the Podcast and this episode of Into the Night the final episode of into the night if you guys are looking to dive into our back catalog there's a lot of great stuff you can check out we have a lot of marvel after shows like a lot loki the falcon and winter soldier wandavision hawkeye moon knight obviously go check those out we have a couple that aren't marvel we did the watchman uh, that was a great hbo series we did an after show for that so check that out and one of the things i'd love to recommend to marvel fans is listen to our interview with Jason Aaron. We did a two-part interview with Jason Aaron, the writer of Thor, Wolverine, The Avengers, uh, Heroes Reborn, uh, The Punisher, like his list goes on and on and on. He has has his own self-created works as well. Just an amazing guy, we had a great interview with him. He was awesome. And we also got an interview with uh, executive producer and head writer of What If, AC Bradley. Definitely check that one out. And if you have don't have enough Marvel in your diet by then, check out Almost MCU Heroes. That's one of my favorite things we've ever done, where we basically went went through the entire MCU cast and we looked at who else was on the on the short list for those parts. And you will be blown away by some of the choices. There are there are people who were on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Breaking Bad. There was a guy from a deodorant commercial. Like it <laughs> is just awesome. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Go back and listen to that episode. To be continued, I'm Frank McGuire. I'm Taco Brown. And Brad B. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Stitcher or Spotify. And as much as we appreciate the reviews, the best way to support the show is to tell your friends and family about Meanwhile Back on the Podcast. Hashtag spread the nerd. To stay up to date on all things Meanwhile, head over to solo.to forward slash Meanwhile Pod. There you can sign up for our newsletter Follow us on all your favorite social media platforms and find the newest and latest episodes, contests and giveaways.